naked shamanism. Welcome to With Insights Radio. I'm your host, Iggy Garcia. I will take you on a journey across the universe through shamanism, metaphysical, and holistic. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. here. I want to welcome everybody to Iggy Garcia Laja, episode 158. Today, our show is called The Unlocking. Okay, let me check my volume here a little bit. I feel like I'm a little loud in my own microphones here. So, like we start every show, we want to give thanks to our ancestors, give thanks to those who came before us, uh, those who were helping us along the way, you know, in this life and life before, and just uh, just think of them a little bit. I want to say hi to my friend Sherry, who popped in. Hi, Sherry. How are you? Good to see you. So we're like this candle, giving thanks to Spirit, giving thanks to Earth Mother, giving thanks to our ancestors, giving thanks to the seen and unseen, and just acting, asking for protection today, asking for guidance as we do our show, as we're in ceremony here, and sharing our, my thoughts and my feelings and emotions on the subject that I'll be talking about today. So, here's to my mom and dad, remembering them in the process. You have a light here, some sage, just to kind of be in the room, clear the space. Feel the energy. All right. Very good, my friends. Okay, so I want to welcome everybody to the show. And hopefully you can stay for a little bit as I share um, some things in my head. This this episode is... Uh, Sponsored by Serenity Assault Spa. Go to SerenitySaltSpa.com. Check out our website. Check out all the stuff that we have in there. Uh, book an appointment. Get in the salt room. Feel the beautiful salt cleanse and clear your sinuses and help your your skin. And it's a cool thing to having. So, and I want to say hi to Christopher. Thanks, greetings, and welcome to the show. So today I'm just here to talk a little bit about you know what it means to unlock the unlocking in shamanic terms. To unlock means to unlock. <laughs> it's pretty simple. You get a key and you unlock it. But here's the thing. Sometimes we don't have the key. Sometimes we are working through the process of life, trying to figure out our way and and work through all the programming that's been kind of put up there and the program we've taken in and absorbed and uh, kind of used into our system. And, you know, you know, you got to remember where we come from, you know, we come from uh, parents, grandparents, depending who raised you. They have uh, so many different belief systems. Uh, they could be religious, it could be spiritualist, it could be uh, atheist, it could be just the whole different types of doctrines. All the friends that I have, they're a very eclectic group of people, and they all come from different backgrounds and beliefs, uh, situations, scenarios, and things that uh, mold them and create them and make them the people they are today. And a lot of it has to do you know, with, the, with all the things they've learned along the way. And the things they carry through their life as they move as adults. You know, carrying that all that energy and all that, those belief systems and all the things and all the wounds and all the things that, you know, that are, are inside of us. Last week we talked about, actually it was a couple weeks ago, we talked about, um, you know, I am ESP, which is the intuitive, mental, the emotional, and the spiritual, and the physical aspects, uh, what it means to be a human being and what that, what, and what that goes into what it means to be your own guru and for a lot of us it's we, we do need teachers a lot of us need guidance and preparation but there are some of us who are very gifted and they're able to you know kind of get the stuff and it comes to them very naturally in a very uh, symbiotic a very uh, very easy way I can't say I'm that guy <laughs> I'd be lying to you if I said oh yeah it just came to me Things come to me a little bit easier now, and I understand things when I when I get 
you know, these downloads, this information, this feeling, these emotions, this intuitive hits, these spikes, you know, the, the physical, the mental, the emotional. But for a lot of us, it's not that way. For a lot of us, it's trekking through the mud, trekking through life, trying to figure out what our way and how it is to get to be where we're at. And right now in this world, there's a lot of things that are unlocking. There's a lot of things that are coming undone. There's a lot of people going through a lot of emotional uh, feelings and a lot of emotional releases, a lot of triggers, a lot of feelings. I'm, I'm right there with all of you. I, I feel things and I feel a certain way. So, the first, what I want to do is I want to start with a little story and kind of how, how it is to be wounded and what it means to be wounded and why people react a certain way they do. Um, just my chair here. I'm a little got stuck there for a second. So, I posted some things where I was like, um, big government can kiss my grits. And a lot of it had to, you know, so I got some responses from it. You know, I usually get responses when I post things like that because for some people they feel it's out of character uh, for me to speak that way or talk that way. But, you know, gosh darn it, I'm a human being. You know, I'm just like the next guy or gal, you know. I take my pants off, put my pants on the same way you do, or put my shorts on, my shirt, you know, I go to the bathroom just like everybody, doesn't make me any different, and sometimes you just have to feel and express the emotions and the feelings that you have, and sometimes it may come off really funny, it may come off very different, it may come off in a certain way that may not seem very natural, very in your character, or how people experience you, the thing is, is how people experience us. It's not so much what I'm feeling, it's just how they're experiencing me in that moment and what, how they're used to experiencing me and how they feel they've experienced me and how they feel that they, you know, see Iggy Garcia or, you know, another person or another, or another drummer or another healer or another person who does this metaphysical work. You know, like I've always told people, all healing is self-healing. I, I am just but a conduit. I am but in service to share you know, through drumming, through the shamanic work I do, uh, through different practices that I do, different modalities. You know, I can't fix anybody. I can't, I barely can fix myself. Uh, the only thing I can do is just be present for somebody and listen and be in connection with them and to be in service with them. And that's what it means to be a healer, to understand that you are healing yourself in this process. And, you know, I know you've heard this a hundred times me say that, but it's true. You know, I'm really going to say this, and you know, some people may agree and disagree with me, but none of us can really heal anybody. None of us have any magic powers that we can actually put our hands on people and go, oh, wow, you know, you're healed. What we can do is instill belief in people, instill the belief that they're going to heal themselves. And so what happens is they use you as a receptor for that energy to flow through you. Now, some of these things you can't see, some of these things you can't witness because when our eyes are in our hearing and our bodies are just not in tune to that frequency we just know that it's there and it's happening okay for me to tell you that i can put the whammy on you put a curse on you or i can put you know you know touch you and heal you no you have to believe first before i can do anything that's why you know faith is so important why religions are so powerful because you have to have faith you have to believe in what you see and what you're doing so the reason, the point I'm getting to is this, several years ago, I lived um, in another part of town, which is just across the river, on Henderson Road, and for years, almost 17 years, I would do, I've done sweat lodges in, in this, in my father's home that I, I rented from, and religiously, no pun intended there, but, um, I did it on the, the third Sundays of the month, and so every third Sunday of the month, at 2 o'clock, the house was packed, 20, 30 people, and we're doing service, we're, we're in service, we're, we're in communion, we're in, in sweat lodge ceremony, we're in a Native American traditional, uh, you know, ceremony, and it's the most beautiful thing you can imagine, and scooting along through the timeline here, we get to a certain point in time where my son is in high school at this time, my, my youngest son, and the he he's getting ready to graduate so it's his final year but something happens something strange happens something strange happens for the first time I open my doors to my neighbors which I never really have done before 
and I invite them to come in and take a look at the sweat lodge. And I kid you not, that was probably a mistake on my part. <laughs> Just, you know, I'm trying to be inviting. I'm trying to, you know, let people know what we're doing because, you know, when people accuse you of doing witchcraft, you know, that's somebody's religious belief. Not necessarily mine, but, you know, that's a, that's a religious uh, way to express yourself. But um, it brought a lot of it brought a lot of uh, discord to my life, and to the the lodge I was part of, part of the Nemethon Lodge, and part of the people who were involved in that with the Condor Eagle Society. And so, what ended up happening was, the city came where I lived in the township at the time, and the township came in and asked me if I had a a permit for the lodge. Um, and so, I'm thinking. Well, I didn't realize that a sweat lodge needed a permit because uh, it's actually a part of my religion, part of my, uh, you know, what I do, how I celebrate and how do I commune with God and the spirit. And it's pretty documented, you know, throughout my, my work that I do. And, you know, it went to court. It didn't, no, it didn't, let me take that back. It didn't go to court. It was going to go to court, to environmental court. It was going to go to the environmental court. And of course, I rallied my troops and rallied my friends, rallied the, you know, the leadership in the Nemanha, and we got people to write letters. We got, you know, we got case files and different things, and of course, Perry Township as well. And the reason we were doing this is not because I was trying to be stubborn or, you know, trying to cause problems. I wanted to protect my, 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 my amendment right, you know, to freedom of religion. This is my amendment. This is an amendment, constitutional amendment. To be able to express myself now court you know there are rules that you can can't have you know church in your home and stuff which is kind of stupid personally but people get together in homes all the time but but the structure was the that was in was in question more than it was the religious uh order but here's the thing knowing knowing native american uh stuff that i'm involved in things change all the time so the, the, the rules and the laws change according to that so for a lot of us, it's being in two different worlds. So if we step out of, if we step out of, you know, our religious beliefs and we step into the the, the township's order, like eventually we took it to court, and then the judge says, "Hey, figure it out. I'm not taking this case." Basically, is what you're saying, but it's not done. So Perry Township said, "Well, we need you to sign a gazebo, a gazebo order, which is like twenty-five dollars," and I didn't sign it. I didn't sign it because I didn't want to get into their jurisdiction. As soon as I sign that paper, I give away my 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 rights, you know, to what I'm doing, and I put my uh, my authority goes into and it. Give my authority to Parrot Township, and Parrot Township gets to dictate how the lodge looks, what it's going to be like, how it's going to be built, and then it totally just changes the structure. So at the end, Parrot Township pretty much had to drop drop it. But here's the rub. Okay, even though we won, we won our, our you know, our, our freedom to uh, celebrate our religion, to do what we had to do, and to exercise that belief, what we couldn't get away from was Perry Township's orders to do all the, un, all the unnecessary things they wanted us to do in the house. Paint the house, redo the driveway. You know, cut down certain trees. They, they just made our life miserable. The grass got three inches high or four inches high. They they would come and incite us before we even cut it. It was just it became a nightmare for my father. And my father like had to repaint the house, had to redo the whole driveway. See, what ended up happening was Perry Township was bitter and pissed off because they didn't get their way. But they did have authority to dictate things that are you know part of the revised codes that they have in order to make us do all the things that they had to do which cost my dad thousands of dollars and my dad was really upset with me basically you know he told me he goes you have to move so i had to move i moved in order to protect my dad so they wouldn't have to you know keep making him do all these other frivolous things that didn't need to really be done but he did it anyways because you know what he he's like it's one of those things that you're not going to win he says you know when government wants to piss you off when government wants to screw you they'll screw you and that's what he said. That's what came out of my dad's mouth. And I believe him because I witnessed it. There are people who are in my life who were there when that happened. And they witnessed it. And this is, you know, 
a township trying to dictate and they they figured out they couldn't but they could dictate the other the other things the orders you know the you know the codes you know the, the codes to keep the house the house a certain way or to keep the, the neighborhood looking good because because it's it's in Perry Township but it's in Upper Arlington okay so it's like it right our kids went to Arlington schools because our Perry Township didn't have a school district so that's why I was upset today that's why I posted what I posted because I remember that it was very painful it was very frustrating it was very angry and you know the neighbors telling us that we're doing witchcraft that we're doing things we don't let our kids even walk past your house you know just the ignorance okay they came out of people's mouths about what we were doing or how we were expressing our, our freedom of religion and how we expressed our connection with spirit connection with God connection with Mother Earth you know was taboo to these people because it wasn't some guy hanging on a cross bleeding to death you know because his father sacrificed him you know so I mean here we are celebrating Mother Earth and Sky Father and giving thanks and just because it didn't look like your religion it caused me problems now granted you know I'm a Christian too most of you don't know that because I don't talk about it because it's there ain't nothing to talk about. I don't go around bragging. And you don't go around bragging. You just do it. So these are the wounds. This is what I was trying to get to earlier. When I was talking about the guru in, in the guru inside. Who is the guru? The guru inside is our higher self. The higher self version of ourselves. The one that doesn't say wear this shirt today. You look good in green. That's not higher self okay higher self is the one that you know when your intuition your spirit your body all is in connection with that when you can connect to that awakening working through that pain that is associated with all those things and all those values and beliefs that we have absorbed from people in our lives you know all of us are are working through programming you know there's not one of us who's you know not fighting that every single human being here is going through some struggle going through something that you know is challenging them and working through them okay so our intuitive our mental our emotion our spiritual our physical all these things become compromised our intuitive woundings you know what are intuitive wounds? it just means that we don't trust the little voices inside of our head that voice when our intuitive wounding is is hurt that means we don't we're not able to we shut it down and then you know that happened to me I shut it down one day I shut down that intuitive part of me and I went to a drum circle and I didn't listen to that little voice inside my head and I lost my eyesight and Sunday will be one year to the date when I lost my sight now I have some of it back, but not 100%. What happened? I went to strap down a drum. When I went to go load it into my truck, when I went to unstrap it, the strap looked, uh, flung off my hand, and it hit me square in the eye. And I'm grateful for my friend Kate that happened to come with me because, you know what, I don't know what I would have done, and I'm very grateful for her for being there. She was able to come with me. You know, I had asked other friends to come, but other friends were too busy. They were too busy um, doing whatever they were doing. And that day I went fishing. And that day, when I asked Kate to come, because, you know, she's one of my students. I teach her some of the things that I know, and she teaches me some of the things that she knows. And I'm fishing that day, and I haven't really fished this year. And I think maybe it's because of the fish, that fish. We, I casted a line, and I pulled out a baby carp. It was probably this big little carp and the thing was crying like a child the kid it was crying like a kid like a little baby she looked at me and I looked at her and I'm like is this fish crying she goes yes this fish is crying I had never heard a fish cry before the only thing I could attribute to is that that we were connected into the frequency of the fish at that moment I not not really looked and researched up if fish cry or or carp cry, but I have fished for almost all my life, and I've never caught a fish, and I've never heard a fish cry. 
maybe some of you guys have maybe you have some experiences of that but I, I I never have I never never heard a fish cry ever it blew my mind I was just like and that was a sign that was a sign that day and I turned, turned off my intuition because the window parts of me were fighting me fighting me because they wanted to prove that they weren't wounded no I don't, I don't want to we're gonna go we're gonna go we're gonna fight through this you know sometimes you have to listen to that little voice that says you know what don't do it don't go and you shouldn't go I'm gonna tell you firmly and strongly as a belief in the shamanic practice that I do in the work that I do if you hear a voice in your head and it's telling you that you shouldn't cross the street or turn on the light or turn on the light bulb or don't turn down this road or you hear a voice in your head I'm gonna tell you trust that there's some things that science can't prove there's some things that science just can't understand there's just some magical mystical things on this planet that science and doctors just don't have the answer to you just don't oh no it's just in your head oh no 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 we write everything off in this country I don't know how other countries do it, but I know in our country, we write off people's experiences. We write off uh, people's emotions. You know, we write off people's feelings because there has to be a logical explanation for it. No, Mr. Spock, there is no logical explanation for it, okay, Mr. Spock? Because you know what? Sometimes it's feelings and emotions. That's why you're half human, and that's why you're half Vulcan. Of course, he's a fictitious character, but he's based on somebody's imagination, based on somebody's feelings and emotions, and how they feel about life sometimes. Sometimes we become numb, Okay? we become so numb that's the highest threshold of pain becoming numb you know where we just totally dis disconnect from everything now the mental part of us the mental wellness is the inability to recall certain information from our lives you know all those little pieces and parts of us that mental wounding is probably one of the most detrimental ones because it locks us out and, you know and here we are talking about the unlocking you know, talking about how we're going we're gonna to unlock. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But our mental wounding, you know, is us just not able to recall things. You know, you ask people, oh, do you remember when you were 10? No, I don't remember anything. Because it was painful. Because something happened. Did something happen? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you just don't remember 10. But maybe the 10 was so painful that you don't want to remember 10. And listen, mental... Wounding doesn't mean that it has to be something detrimental. It could have been someone's words they said to you. Somebody said, well, you're ugly, you know, and then you carried ugly through your whole life, you know. And so this is, this is these are these mental woundings. You know, these are these connections that we carry through life. And you know, for a lot of us, you know, we're either, we're either intuitively wounded, we're mentally wounded, all right? And then, then the a lot of us are spiritually wounded and what's that mean that's that's you not feeling connected to spirit to God not feeling connected to anybody in the room you know feeling lonely feeling disconnected from Creator you know that's that spiritual wounding when you know you don't feel like you belong to anything that you're not worthy to be loved by your Creator that you're not worthy to feel the emotions or the feelings that are bestowed upon you. You know, when God created the world, created the universe, we use the word God because that's the word that we've we've learned to use, but it's the universe. It's the unthinkable, the unseeable, the, the source that moves everything. You know, when you look up to the stars, you look up in the sky, you have to be in awe and go, wow, that's amazing. Did someone create that? Did that just happen by chance? No. In my world, let's just put it in Higgy's world, nothing, nothing happens by chance. That, that can't happen by chance. That's too, it's too precise. It's too beautiful for something just to just come out of nothing. It's something that came and created something. Something that visualized something much, who just has more vision in more belief, in more creative power, more imagination than we allow ourselves to have. A lot of us where we are where we are because we just don't want to we don't want to enact our intuition. 
we want to hold on to the mental parts of us that are wounded. We want to hang on to the, the spiritual wounding because, oh, and when I went to Catholic Church, they treated me wrong. When I went to Christian Church, they all uh, punished me, made me feel like I was bad. And, you know, that's spiritual wounding. Your spirit, your connection. Your connection to, the, to all the things around you, to the people around you. Spiritual connection. You know, so that's what happens to a lot of us. And then what happens? When you go through all the intuitive and all the mental and all the physical, well then, it, sometimes we have physical woundings in our bodies. We're physically wounded, you know? We feel it in our bodies. We store it in our, on our back. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, my head hurts. Oh, my arm hurts. Or I just don't feel good. It's because we're stuffing all that stuff right in the energy. Oh, but Iggy, can you prove that? Can you, can you tell me? Listen. When you get angry, your blood pressure gets up, goes up, right? And that affects things. The chemistry in your body changes. And things have to go. The cortisol builds up in your body. If you go flight, the fight response. Or if you get angry. Excuse me. You know? Our, the physical body really feels the pain. Most of us feel the pain. Because that's one of the first things that breaks down. When we become, we become awakened. When we become unlocking because we are supposed to age and we are supposed to die that's our destiny we're supposed to break down we feel the pain that we stuff inside of our bodies and in shamanism if you know shamanism things about shamanism we go people stuff things in their body and that's where they become sick i've had teachers who told me that cancer you know you don't have to quote me on this but cancer is the cells our personal selves fighting ourself having an internal battle and that's why it spreads because it's a mutation it's creation and then there's other aspects too why it's the physiology physiology in our body you know the way we eat drink smoke or not or how we take care of ourselves plays a lot into our physical which affects our intuitive or mental and our spiritual aspects of who we are in our emotional woundings I am ESP, intuitive, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. Now, levels of pain. Pain is a level of pain. Pressure, ticklishness, itching, you know, tingling, and numbness. I mentioned those earlier. Those are the things that, you know, those are markers that show you and tell you what you're feeling. So all of us go through this process, every single one. There none of us, none of us are exempt from it. You know, yesterday, yesterday I was drumming on my drum, and I and I thought I broke my little my my index finger. I, I just hit the drum a weird way, and I was in kind of crazy pain for a second. But you know, there was something that just uh, it got bruised a little bit, and so I just had to be careful. And I just drummed with the, my other three fingers and just kept going. And you know, I worked through the process and. But it's painful. It's painful. It was pain. You know, and I felt that. But I fought through it, just like we all do. We fight through things, right? So how do we unlock ourselves? How do we get into the space where we are actually able to move and navigate? Well, number one, unlocking is also believing and understanding and believing in the things that you want to do. The main reason, a lot of things... we we don't succeed in life and we don't get what we want including myself is because we are wounded and the wounding blocks the locking so if I told you that you're going to unlock everything in one day no it's not it's not how it works you unlock pieces and parts of yourself you unlock them and you bring them to the surface you bring them to the present moment in order for you to see them now you can also lock them up again and put them inside and store them for another day to observe and that happens with a lot of people. A lot of people, you know, see the see it and then they're like, no, nah, I don't want to deal with it. That's too much. It's too hard. It's too difficult. But then there are people who are willing to unlock, willing to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to work on that part of myself that's wounded. I'm going to work on that part of me that I'm not even sure what it's, what it's about. But here's the thing. Every human being on this planet is intuitive. Every human being on this planet okay is empathic 
every human being in this planet is mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. Every single one of us, and all of us are always working to unlock the pieces and parts that are stifled. You know, sometimes you may not think you're stifled, you may think you're not locked, but you are. When people call you asshole on enough times, there's there's something not right. You know, someone says that you know, oh, you're such a wonderful person, you're such a great person. What do you, what do you lock out that people don't you don't want to show people? It goes both ways, my friends. You know, you could be completely dark and you can be completely light. Perpetual light is not a place you want to be. You know, perpetual darkness is a place you don't want to be, because it's too extreme. You know, most of us look at people who are in the perpetual light, they're stuck there, and they're like, oh, oh, the world is great. Oh, bless you. Oh, God, you're just beautiful, amazing creature. You know, and then they never come out of that state. And then, you know, people like myself and other people like I know are like, what the heck's wrong with this person, you know? Maybe there's nothing wrong with them. But being stuck in perpetual light means that you're not willing to see the darkness and the shadows that you cast on other people. Because also you being so so in the light, okay, you cast shadows on people. And then people start in the darkness, people who are grumpy, hey, F you, you know, I don't give a shit, you know, blah, blah, blah. Get that out of my face, you know. They, they build walls. Those people build walls, and those people build walls. You have to find the gray. I'm a firm believer that there's a gray area, okay, and that all of us... Can go okay. I can see the light. I can see the gray. I can see that this person. I can see. I can understand this. What's going on with this person? You know, it's not being. It's not being like ignoring the fact. It's observing the fact. What's happening, even though it's real painful and hard sometimes, to see here and watch someone navigating complete lightness and watching somebody go complete dark. Because see, every extreme has its opposite. Is one person moving to light, the other person's moving to darkness. It's just, it's the law. It's the laws of, you know, of the universe. When the sun goes down, the moon comes up, or the night comes up. It's, it happens. It just, it just does. That's why we have, you know, darkness. That's why we have light. That's why we have people who do good things. That's why we have people who do bad things. Because it's, it's the yin and the yang and the balance and the, and the harmony that we're trying to create in the world. It's the unlocking the pieces and parts. It's the people in the middle that find hope through both sides and are able to address it. When we need to be in the shadows, when we need to be in silence and quiet, we go into the darkness a little bit. We turn off the lights and we pray. And then sometimes we move into the light and we're celebrating. We're at drum circle, bah, bah, da, 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 you know, and we're dancing. You hardly see anybody upset or frustrated in drum circle. You don't really see that. It's very rare. You do see people get emotional because they're releasing, they're unlocking, they're connecting, they're feeling the frequencies of the drum, the frequencies of the singing bowls, the frequencies of all the things that happen. All that comes together. All that comes and it opens you up. It makes you feel good. The human beings, we're, we're struggling to find our ways on this planet. And some days we're on target. Some days everything's going great. Some days everything's just going good. And then some days, it's like, what the heck is this? What is going on? Why do I deserve this? What's going on this? One of the things that I know is, if I'm in the situation, then I then I have the answers. I just have to figure out what they are. If there's things going on and I have previous knowledge and I see it, then there's an issue that I should be able to help resolve that problem. But it's not always that easy because our egos and our, our wounded parts always get in the way. Either our intuitive wound gets in the way, our mental part gets in the way, our physical part gets in the way, our spiritual part gets in the way, our emotional part gets in the way. Our connection is challenged. Because you want to be good. You want to do right. And when the other person doesn't look like they want to do good and they don't want to be right, it challenges you. Because you want them to see that there's another way to see the world. There's another way to experience the world. And when they don't experience it the way that you want them to see it, it's because sometimes you have to live it. And sometimes they just have to muddle through mud. They have to go through crap. 
before they can actually see what you see. You know, it took you a while to get where you're at. It took you a while to figure out that your your inner guru is your higher self. And now that you know, it means it's trusting in yourself and believing in yourself. I'm not saying that you cannot you just discount God or you discount the universe or discount the things that center you. It means that you have a part in what happens in your life. You have a part in a say how you feel these emotional triggers, how you feel. You know, sometimes I let my emotions get the best of me. I let my spiritual get the best of me. The mental part get the best of me. My physical the best of me. You know how you've had a bad day and it's just been hard and you just feel drained? And you're physically wounded and you don't even realize you're physically wounded because they totally drained you. I mean, you have pressure, you have pain, you have ticklingish, you're itching, you're tingling, and you're totally numb. A lot of people walk this planet numb. 8.5 million people, is that how many people are on the earth now? I don't know. But, you know, they walk around numb. Closed off from their emotions, closed off feeling emotions for others. You know, and I haven't even touched on our ego yet. I haven't even talked about ego parts yet. Because we're so wounded sometimes in our, you know, and, and that wounding is just, it's raw sometimes. It's really raw. You can feel it. You know, when you take a little kid, you know, at first it's cute. <laughs> and then you ever see the kid's face after a while and you keep tickling? He starts to get really, like, upset and he's starting to get really angry. And he's getting to a place where he almost cries. Why? Because that's that's the highest form of pain. Ticklishness. That's how the body protects itself. You know, you think it's cute tickling a little kid, but it's not cute. It's not nice. It's very violating. It's, it's kind of disrespectful. Tickling someone, you know, without asking them. Or you get tickled by somebody. That's why we should, you know, I mean, you don't, we don't really ask, hey, can I tickle you? <laughs> People just do it. You know, it's very violating. It's very disrespectful. And it's also like people who hug people without asking people. You know, if you notice, I don't really ask people for a hug. People, most people ask me for a hug. Even though I do the free hugs campaign sometimes. And now with the situation with the, what's going on on the earth, you know, people don't hug like they used to. But now we're, we're in this new, new evolution, this new world, this new unlocking, this new rediscovering of ourselves. This new intuition, this new mental. Is it possible that people are having intuitive moments right now where they're actually seeing things that maybe other people don't see? Not that that didn't happen before, but now that the emotions are so heightened right now that people can express and feel things. And physically feel. You know, people can actually come up to walk up to things and feel the emotional triggers on it. There are people who can feel the, go into a spiritual uh, event and feel that it's not in alignment with them. This is your higher self. This is your connection to your inner guru. The higher guru of yourself. To walk into spaces and to be around people and, and feel it. Before, you didn't, you'd have to sit around a little bit and figure it out. Now it's almost instant. Someone walks into your space that this is not in alignment with you. You, you get violently sick. You don't feel well. You feel their intentions are wrong. This, these are things, These are really things that are happening now. I see it. I watch it. I see it happen to me. There are people who come into my space and it's like, wow. I don't know what you're doing and I'm not sure what you're saying. And I'm not sure what you're feeling at a different level. But I, I can't really resonate with you right here right now. I need to step back from you. Because that's what we are. We've lost the, the, the capability to be able to trust ourselves. But now that it's coming back because it's opening and it's being exposed, now we're feeling it, we're seeing it. Because we've been locked away, because we've been, you know, pressured to do things that we don't want to do and feel like we have to do. You know, in order to, you know, satisfy the, you know, the status quo. Not everybody's going to satisfy the status quo. This isn't, life isn't about satisfying quos. Life is about being in life and be part of it and trying to understand when you try to force something on somebody, you're going to affect their spiritual aspect, their physical aspect, their mental aspect, their intuitive aspect, and their emotional aspect. 
because that's we're human beings. That's how we were designed. We were, we, we were made in the image of our Creator, whoever you believe that is. That means if, our, if it would be logical to say, if we're made in the image of our Creator, that our Creator is intuitive, our Creator, our creator is mental, our Creator is spiritual, our Creator has some type of physical, and our Creator is definitely emotional. You know, it depends how you want to dissect and pull it all apart and what parts you want to look but the, the cool thing about it is that we are all part of the same soup we all come from the soup we're all from the clay we're all from this earth this planet all of us there's not one of us there's not one person here unless you can prove to me that you come from someplace else that you come from this mother earth you come from the tears of the, of the heavens that you're part of this mixture Scientifically, thinks that people think we evolved and we came and we started walking one day and here we are. There are other people who believe that God just made us and here we are. Regardless of what I'm here, I'm not here to dictate or, you know, present a, a situation where... I'm not here to dictate your belief system. You have your belief system, that's it. Own, own it, honor it, and respect that other people don't have the same, sometimes, beliefs that you have. When you start to believe that, other, when you let other people believe what they need to believe... The world becomes an easier place to to live. The problem is we want to make. If you want to bring someone to bring someone to your side, well, telling them they're stupid, and they're wrong, and then they're ignorant and they're stupid, it ain't gonna help. You know, an education is is one of the things you have to use very, in a way that's very inviting because you know what? Listen, there's a gazillion doctors, a gazillion scientists, a gazillion waitresses in this planet, gazillion janitors, and they all do their jobs differently. They all have their techniques. There are different drummers that they all drum differently. Some drum African style, some Latin percussion style, some drum tribal style, some are samba players, some just play what's in their heart and they hit those drum and those rims the way they feel called to by spirit. If we're going to get into the nickety knack of what drumming is, for example, you know, then we, we defeat our purpose. Now, when we're trying to be precise in what we want to learn about drumming, that's a whole different game. For example, the drum circles example. Use an example. The drum circle, our drum circles, those are tribal circles. Those are the tribes. Those are the people that come together. Who are like-minded who want to just feel and express the feeling the emotions of releasing and sharing their heartbeat it's not samba it's not native american it's not african drumming it's not who dictates it's not we all share our beats we all share our drums so it's really frustrating when people just tap their drums and they're good drummers because they don't get to share their way because they don't are able to express themselves because that's not the way they do it. Well, you know what? In England, they drive on the other side of the road, okay? In America, we drive on the other side of the road. You get used to it. You learn. You know, try something different. Try something, you know, that's that's uh, different. You know, be a little creative. You know, why, why do 300 people show up at Ash Cave to drum? Because they're all wounded. They're all intuitive. They're all mental. They're all emotional. They're all physical. They're all trying to find a home. They're all trying to find the right way to express themselves. Because they can't express themselves in the real world. Because the real world doesn't sometimes allow you to express yourself how you would like to express yourself. The real world wants to dictate what life is supposed to be like. The real world wants to tell you, if you don't do it this way, you won't have a job. You won't be working here. Or you won't make it. Or you won't have any money. That when we're in circle, when we're drumming, it's the most beautiful thing ever. You know, nobody owns drum circles. Nobody, nobody has the patent on drum circles. Because every drum circle is different. Every every drum circle is unique. Every drum circle is supposed to be unique. Every drum circle is supposed to be its thing. You know, I drum with a big ass drum because I love drumming, drumming that. But I don't go to someone else's circle and take my big drum because it's not my circle. It's disrespectful. Unless they ask me to bring it. That's a different thing. But when I'm doing a facilitation, you know, you come there because you want to 
be part of something. You want to learn something. You want to feel something. You want to use your intuition so you can release the wounds in your body. You want to release the mental wounds. You want to let go and recall the beautiful things about your life. You want to connect. Because the pain that you've associated with your body and your, your, your life, the drum helps release that. You want to connect to spirit because you've been disconnected and wounded and not feeling like you belong to something. And then you come to the drum circle and you become part of something. You're entrenched and you're, you become one with everybody in the circle. It's not Iggy's drum circle. I don't own our drum circle. No, it's our... You always, when you hear me, I always say it's our circle. I'm just the guy who drives it because that's what shamans do. They drive the bus. If you know anything about shamanism... The shaman drives the bus so you can have the experience. So you can look out the window and you can hear that beat you need to hear. Just like when the shaman takes you to ayahuasca journey, the shaman's on the ayahuasca too. And he's singing his songs and playing his drum, playing his flute, smoking his pipe, right along with you. That way you can heal the physical aspects of yourself. When we're in drum circle, we're healing the, the, the wounds of our body as well. You feel generated and you feel exuberant when you're done. You don't want to even leave sometimes. That's how a drum circle should be. And I always encourage people, make your drum circle. If you want it to be a certain way, then make your circle. You go out and make your circle. And you know what? Many people have done that. We have them in Dayton, we have them in Cincinnati, and all those people used to come to Columbus and drum. But distance was an issue, and that's why they created Because we have to encourage people to have drums. We, this whole world should be half full of drum circles. And then we created the thousand drummers so we can all congregate together and come together as a family reunion. You know, so we can all share in the love of drumming that we love. And the dancing that comes with it, you know, in the emotional parts, the spiritual parts, aspects of it. If, if people don't see that, then they're they're looking for the wrong things. They're looking for the wrong connection. If you're there to disturb the connection, you shouldn't come to drum circle. Because you know what? You're going to get bothered. You're going to get triggered. And people won't ignore you. Because they don't want to deal with drama. They want to feel the love and the compassion and the emotion of what it means to be in the drum circle. And for me, drum circle is the most powerful medicine that I have in, in the arsenal of my work. Along with, the, with you know, the other works that I do with the sweat lodge work and all these different things. When I do that meditation at the end of the, uh, of the circle, I know people walk away and leave. And you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're done. They're, they, they got what they needed. It's not, for me, it's not disrespectful. For me, it's not upsetting. I know that not everybody's into it. I get that. But I offer something that you may not get in another circle. Other circles will offer things that you don't get in our circle. And this is why this all this all this stuff ties in. Because you know what? I'm in connection with my higher self. My higher self tells me what I need to do. I trust my higher self. And that's why I do the drum circles the way I do them. That's why I invite everybody to participate. Not one person in the drum circle probably knows how to play drums. I didn't know how to play drums when I first played my drums. But I had to learn. And the person who's new, we embrace them, we love them, and we accept them, good or bad. doesn't matter. We're not here to judge you. You know, it's an amazing place. It's a spiritual adventure. It's a spiritual moment. The drum circles that I facilitate are for connection to spirit connection to life connection to the earth connection to you know sky father connection to the spirituality aspect of yourself the physical parts of yourself the mental parts of yourself the intuitive parts of yourself the emotional parts of yourself the i am esp parts of us oh that's what i am i am esp i intuitive i am mental i am emotional i am spirit and i am good it's good to be here it's good to be here and if you really want to know what all that meant, when I say it's good to be here, that means I am ESP. 
I am all those factors of life. I mean, we open up the doors of the universe and we let it all come in, that love energy. And all the things that don't, that we don't desire to keep in our bodies, in our mind, in our spirits, we release it to spirit and we release it to Mother Earth. It goes down. I hope that I gave some clarity to the work that I do. I, give, I hope I get some clarity to what, what it means for me to be in the drum circle with me. It's what I do. It's my calling. It's your calling. It's not just entertainment for me. It's not just showing up and just doing it. It's my passion. It's my love. I don't know what I would do without it. Probably have a banjo club or something. <laughs> but regardless, that's what I love drumming. Because it connects all these pieces and parts and it helps to heal these parts that are wounded in people's bodies, in people's minds, in people's souls. And not to be numb. It challenges us to see the world differently. You know, I've been doing drummings for grief pe people who are grieving loss in their families through death or just loss, period. You know, and it feels bad that we can't do it right now because of COVID. But that's one of the most powerful moments in my life to see another person, another version of myself crying and expressing love and emotion. In releasing, letting go, and trusting a total stranger to help them, guide them in a celebration of life. And to say, you know what? I don't know you personally, but I love you. I love what you're doing. This helped me so much. This is one of the things that, you don't know what it did to my life. It changed my life. People tell me this stuff. Makes me just want to be more connected and more grounded and more in tune to what spirit wants me to do. I've had people give me shit. Oh, why do you do all that stupid spiritual stuff at the end? I just smile. I'm going I'm like, well, there's brother, sister, you have some work to do on yourself. I can't help you if you're not really to, ready to be open to that process. It's what we do in our circle. When you come to, you know, to the circle that, that I host, magic happens. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe that with all my might that magic happens. And when my friends show up, Putsy, you know, and Kate, Hayden, Mary, you know, Anthony, all my friends, when their family shows up, when, they, when they're present, when those guys come in, you know, it just raises, it elevates the energy even more. Why? Because they get it. They understand what we're doing. They understand that it's not about us. It's about everyone else in helping them find their way. That's why we love what we do. That's why I love what I do. And then Saturday, tomorrow, we're going to be our last drum circle of the season at Griggs Reservoir and then we'll move indoors because that's kind of how it works we cycle through the energies as well now we're getting ready to go inside bundle up it's getting a little cooler we're gonna hibernate a little bit think about stuff snuggle get warmed up feel what we need to feel connect with what we need to connect with and prepare ourselves for the spring as we start again. You know, my friends, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit on yourself. There are people out there who would miss you, people who love you, people who care about you. People wouldn't know what to do if you weren't in their lives. If you have to leave, if you have to go, be gentle on yourself. So my friends, I just want to say thank you for being here with me tonight and sharing my feelings, my emotions, and what's in my heart. 
get to share some of the the knowledge that's been shared with me over the years and the knowledge that's been given through spirit to share with you it's like a blend you know there are human beings who are here to teach you and there are connections to spirit here to teach you and I'll, I'll finish with this today I woke up I went out the back door and there was five deer there you know and there was a big buck and it was the family and then was my dog on the leash and she went out and she ran and she stopped and she's like whoa that's a big dog and Lulu was like wow that dog bigger than me you know Lulu was like it's almost like the it's like the buck gave her a stare he stared at her he gave her the stare and Lulu just like totally subdued Lulu so Lulu just went it was pretty powerful to witness that So I'm going to tell you a little story real quick before we close here. The other day I was hanging out with one of my students, Hayden. And we're going through the woods. We're trekking through the woods. And, you know, I'm showing him new things. We came upon this. Uh, well, actually, we, I already knew where it was. But I showed him the little fortress that somebody built. A little, like, look, a little sweat lodge that my friend Kate had found. And I was showing him the property, showing him the area teaching him about sweat lodge ceremony because we're going to be doing a sweat next Friday and just kind of going through that those parameters with him and then we left and then we went down by the river and he's talking to me as we're trekking through cutting through the woods how he really wants to do this work and how he really wants to be part of it and how he really wants to you know be open to the process and what he wants to do with his life and then we get to the water and we start skipping stones you know we were skipping them around and then finally, we start throwing stones at this rock that's out in the middle. And we're both throwing them, you know. We must have thrown a hundred stones. And then I go, hey, can you, you think you can hit that rock? And he's like, well, we can, we can try it. And, you know, our technique in the beginning was, you know, too linear. It was like too straight versus, you know, how we were trying to hit it. And it, we weren't having any success. And I said, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to arch it up. And I'm going to throw it up in the air. I arched it up, threw it up in the air, and it hits the stone. Bah! And Hayden looks at me, he's like, just kind of like a little kid, you know. He's like, you hit it. He goes, I said, now you want to hit it, don't you? He goes, yeah, I want to hit it. <laughs> just because now you want to beat your teacher. You want to be able to beat him in how uh, you did it. So he started throwing stones, and he must have thrown a hundred stones, okay. And he's been close all the time. Then he finally, he, he came to the point finally where he actually, he hit the stone. But it wasn't just one time. He went, boom. And then a second time, boom. Like, consecutively. And then a few times after, he wanted to try it again. And just, I don't think he did it again. But, but it was really cool to watch him. And I asked him, I said, Hayden, what does that represent to you? And he goes, well, it was just, it was something I wanted to do. I really wanted to hit that, hit that rock. And I go, yeah. And what was that feeling? He goes, well, it's like nothing. I couldn't get, you know, like everything was just, it was, he was so hyper-focused on that. And that's what I was telling him, I said, that's the unlocking, honey. And that's when you're, like, unlocking the parts and you're focused on the things that you want to go after. And that's something he wanted to go after. And he went after it. And he hit it. And he hit his goal. And he hit his target. And I told him, he goes, that's how life is. And I told him about the teacher who, you know, was drowned his, his, his student in the water. And the student was always asking, why are you drowning? Why are you drowning? Are you trying to kill me? And he's like, and eventually... Draws him a third time, brings him up, and he goes, "Did you trust him?" So, what would, what did you feel? He goes, "What was the thing that you truly desired in that moment?" He goes, "I wanted to breathe. I, I, all I could think of is air." And the teacher goes, "That's how you have to look at your path and how you bad you really truly want." And that's what I told Hayden. In the same context of the teacher throwing the stones. You have to want it that bad. And then I showed him the water. And I said, you see the water, how the sun's shining? And you see all the water rushing really fast. And you see all the little sparkles on it? He goes, that's life. That's normal life. That's everyday life that people are experiencing. Right there, it's normal life. Now look at these sparkles over here on the water where it's a little bit slower, a little bit more, you know, not moving so fast. These are people who stepped out of the, out of the current. 
into create their own beliefs and their own systems. And then there's other people down here who are actually doing it. But it doesn't change the fact that the water's still moving. The current's still flowing really fast up here, and things are moving this way. The point is, you just have to find your niche and you have to find your place in the, in the river. Because the river is always constant and always moving. So with that, we had a really good talk, good conversation, and that was it. All right, my friends, I will see you uh, next time here on Iggy Garcia Live. Thank you for tuning in. Peace and love. Uh, it's good to be here. Love you guys very much. I appreciate you, and I appreciate all that you do. Thanks for coming to the circles. Thanks for being in my life. I really appreciate you. I don't know what I would do with some of you because without you guys, I would probably be a mess. But either way, do your best. Be kind to yourself. Love one another. Honor each other. You know, remember, I am ESB. It's good to be here. Irisiqui means gratitude in Quechua. Okay. Let's work on the spiritual wounding, the physical woundings, the tuna woundings, the mental woundings, and the emotional woundings that we have carried in all our lives. And with that, you guys take care of yourselves. Love you very much. Deep bow. And I will see you guys tomorrow at the drone circle at 5 o'clock. All right. Be well. Take care.